Entrepreneur Circle is an on-air brands production and a proud member of the On-Air Brands Network. Hi, this is James Altucher. Thank you for listening to Erica Cabral's Entrepreneur Circle on this episode. So your personal brand, people think, oh, it's a logo, it's colors, it's a website. No, it's everything that you say, everything that you do. It's from the inside out. You've got one whether you like it or not, and you have it until the day that you're dying. It will likely outlive you. That's the difference. Hey there, folks. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Entrepreneur Circle podcast, where we inspire you by talking to entrepreneurs and business owners about mindset, goals, vision, tips and strategies on how to crush life and business. I am your host, Eric Cabral, real estate investor and a creative. I've been in the creative industry for over 20 years, got my start in New York City as a junior art director and made my way up the corporate ladder to become the creative director at the number one pharma company in the world. That was until I decided to hang up my corporate hat and start my own creative agency called On Air Brands, where we broadcast your brand and your message using social media and live stream events. Hit us up at info at onairbrands.com to learn more. Also, like, subscribe, and share this podcast on social. We greatly appreciate you for it. And also, don't hesitate to send us any feedback that you may have because we always love, love, love hearing from you. Before we jump into the show, I'd like to share what some of our sponsors, partners, and friends of the show have to offer you. Hey there, entrepreneurs. Eric Cabral here, founder of On Air Brands and host of the Entrepreneur Circle and Capital Hacking. I wanted to share something truly unique with you that we've created called Pod Max, which is an amazing opportunity to connect you with major podcasts to help you share your fascinating stories with their communities. This unique invitation-only event includes interviews with you on top-rated business podcasts all in one day. It also provides a unique networking opportunity with high-performance guests and thought leaders who are authors, coaches and consultants, investors, speakers, executives, you name it. These are the type of people that you need to be around. We also provide industry expert keynotes to hit our stage to share insights on podcasting, investing, marketing to help you take things to the next level. And the cool thing about Podmax is that it has a multimedia agency engine behind it with on-air brands to provide social media promotions before and after the event to share your brand new shows with your network. So hit the apply now button at podmax.co and I hope to see you at the next Podmax event. Hey there, folks. Welcome back to the Entrepreneur's Circle. Thank you so much for tuning in and for listening. As always, please like, subscribe, and share with your friends and family. Truly greatly appreciate you for that. Today's episode, really excited because this has been in the makings for quite some time. Kelly and I have been going back and forth for months. Coincidentally, we were sitting next to each other at an event, which is funny. We'll get into that story in a moment. But welcome to the Entrepreneur's Circle, Kelly Glover. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> Thank you so much, Eric. So glad you're able to join since uh, you're on the other side of the world. Um, but let me let, let, let me tell everyone at home and everyone who's driving or doing their chores who you are and what you're about. So Kelly is the CEO of Talent Squad, which is an absolutely amazing company that helps entrepreneurs 
get on shows. So you like to call podcast tours so that they can start building their brand equity. Um, and you, you, you really believe you have a core belief in everyone's personal brand being their most valuable asset, which I agree with a thousand percent. Um, you truly are this energizer bunny. Um, I've met you. I felt the vibe. You're obsessed with helping your clients and giving them the tools so that, uh, they can deliver incredible value to audiences as well as build relationships with the podcast hosts that they are guests on. So again, welcome to the show. And I'm, I'm super excited to get into your story. Thanks, Eric. So, um, man, where do we start? Oh, let's, let's continue the conversation we had before we turn the microphones on. It was an interesting sort of experience for me. And it's interesting to hear it from your perspective, because we were together uh, at the end of February, I think it was maybe February 28th, maybe 25th, somewhere around that at PodFest in um, Orlando, Florida. And when I saw you last, we, we were doing a round robin sort of uh, speed dating networking event. How many attendees? 3,000? There was a lot of people there. Yeah, I don't know. It's grown so much. I lose track of how many people. Quite a few thousand are at the a event lot. now at PodFest. Yeah. yeah. And I sat next to you during this this quick sort of speed dating networking, and you were looking at my badge, and you you're like, I know you. And I was like, really? You look familiar too, or you sound familiar. And five minutes goes by, and you're like, aha! You're like, now I know, you know, we've been going back and forth, our teams anyway, on, on getting you on the show. So it was such a happy coincidence. I'm like, oh my God, this is great. Yeah, I, I, I've been meaning to to reach out to you and chat and I'm so glad we're able to do it to, to get together on the show today. So. Yeah, when you become a show booker and a podcaster of whatever, your brain turns into a giant roller deck. So I saw your name and I knew it immediately. And you're like, no, you don't. I'm like, yes, I do. I know your name. So then my brain just turns into <laughs> almost like a little machine where it's like a, you know, a combination lock. So I got the first your first name. I'm like, okay, great. And then it just ticks over until I can get the name and the show yeah. connecting the line up like a, um, a Rubik's Cube. Wow. So I knew I knew the name. I just had to put it into context of where I knew you from. And then, and then we discovered it, which was fantastic. Which is amazing because there are literally like hundreds of thousands of podcasts and hosts out there. And I'm sure you're encountering a large percentage of them. So for you to be able to recall and remember, and that that's, that's truly a skill set um, that's not something everyone has. Oh, I'm not saying I've memorized the entire <laughs> iTunes catalog of shows and or hosts. No. But if I come across a name or a show, sometimes I know the show, show name. It, it depends which way it goes. Sometimes I know the host name and sometimes I know the show yeah. name. And then sometimes I have to connect the host with the show. So it's just, it's like a little map in my brain where I've seen things. And because I've booked thousands of shows and been in entertainment and media for 20 years, right. it's a really big Rolodex mm. of names and peoples and shows that I've met. So it's sort of right at the back of my brain and then it just has to move forward and connect the dots. So sometimes it can take a little while. Everyone's got that. It's amazing. I can't wait to to dive into this with you because, folks, for you at home who want to get to know Kelly, this is this is going to be a great opportunity because um, she has such a rich history in the in the multimedia and the media world. Um, you know, talent agent for various companies, radio host and producer for companies, and um, professional. You even did professional tour. You were a professional tour guide at one point. Um, yeah. Your book, right? I mean, you you've done it all. And one of the coolest things that I 
I find, and this is way back, you worked for Miramax for a few years, which, you know, that's, that's, yeah, that's pretty cool. It used to be cool and now it's not. <laughs> so I, um, you might notice from the accent, I'm Australian. But I actually went to college in Ohio. So I went to high university in Athens, Ohio. I did a video production degree and I wanted to be an intern. So I applied for all these internships in New York and one in Los Angeles. And of course, the one that I landed was the one in Los Angeles. So this is in the day when there's no Facebook, no one had a cell phone. We're still on MapQuest printing it out if we were lucky. So I got myself on an airplane with a little suitcase, moved into an apartment with other interns and guess what? I was an intern at Miramax on Sunset Boulevard, which was amazing. I also was an entertainment reporter back then. So I would go to all the red carpets. Again, iPhones, I think, were not in yet. So it was just little tiny tape recorders. And I'd walk walk to the movie premieres down at Westwood and interview all the celebrities and go to all the hotels, like the Beverly Hills Hotel. And so I was, um, you know, in my early 20s interviewing Oscar winners on red carpets and go back and transcribe them. So these days we have all Descript and all these things, but I had the little tape. So you'd press play, write it down, rewind, press play, write it down, not write, type it out, rewind. So I could spend three hours transcribing an interview that I just did with John Travolta and Joaquin Phoenix, which was for Ladder 49 back in the day. Um, So that is a skill in asking good questions, getting good answers, listening and observing to get the good content. So even though it was 20 years ago, that teaches you how not to ask bad questions or to control the conversation because you know you're going to have to go back and transcribe three hours of this stuff. And if you don't ask a good question and get a good answer, you got nothing. Wow. So that's a lesson in, so yeah, that's an internship from a long time ago doing something that's different, but little did I know that that would pay off in podcasting, which wasn't even invented. Yeah. So I, I love that a lot. Yeah. So this is a, oof, how, how do we take this? Cause there's so many different ways we can. Um, I'm curious how you were developing the skill set to be this interviewer, um, but you weren't necessarily writing the content. So were you passing that along to to whoever was developing. No, I was writing that. So I was an entertainment journalist and my job was to go and interview the celebrities at the premiere and or they were called round tables. So you might sit at a table, usually it's at a hotel with, um, and you'd sit there with the other maybe four or five journalists and the celebrities would come through every 10 minutes. So that one I just mentioned then was, it's just the first one that came to mind. It was John Travolta and Wakeem Phoenix. So they come along and you get them for 10 minutes and all the journalists can ask questions and you get, and you turn your tape on and record it and then you go back, transcribe it, and then you make a story from that. So you can make multiple stories, but you've got to get the quote like Robert Patrick, I remember from the term, you know, the liquid terminator, yeah, silver liquid guy. Yeah. So he was in that movie. I don't know why I'm remembering that one right now, <laughs> but that's the one that's come to mind, but it could have been, you know, it, yeah, there were lots of celebrities that I interviewed and now a lot of them are much more famous than they were at the time, right. which is quite fun. And I'm like, Oh, I remember you before you were in the Avengers you know? <laughs> when you were, when you were nervous. Yeah, we, so that's cute. You were yeah. Speaking of nerves. So you're this 20 something, you know, moved from Australia to Ohio and now you're in, you know, bright lights, big city, LA. How, how did that feel? Do you remember those days when you're like, Oh man, what am I doing? How did I get here? My mentality has always been, and I really don't know where I got this from, was I always go to what's the worst that can happen? Am I happy to deal with that? And how do I get out of this? So I always have an escape plan before I do anything. And usually back then, my escape plan was, do I have a ticket home? 
yes, then I'm fine. So no matter what the worst was happened, can I go back to my parents and or Australia and have somewhere to stay and live and survive? Because I always knew I could pick up a phone or work at a bar or whatever and I have survival skills in me. So what's the worst that can happen? I fail, I lose my job, I get embarrassed, whatever. Okay, fine, I can get back and get a roof over my head. I'm all right. I love that. I love that. So what was your family like during that time? You said you wanted to leave and do all this cool stuff. They're unimpressed, still unimpressed, (laughs) still have no concept, don't care, just take your shoes off, do the dishes, you know, situation. So um, yeah. Did you come from an entrepreneurial background? No, my mom was a, um, in Australia, we call it TAFE, technical and further education. So she taught chefs and my dad was in sales. So no, I don't know where I got it from. Oh, wow. So has growing up with your father being in sales, um, did he ever impart wisdom or did anything rub off on you uh, that helps you in that sort of aspect with your business now? No, they didn't really talk about business or anything like that. In the age of coronavirus, my dad was doing respirators back in the 80s. So now he loves telling me all about respirators and different things and breathing and how it all works. But apart from that, not really. <laughs> maybe maybe it did and we weren't aware because I my father was in sales too and um, I had no idea. Maybe maybe there was things happening behind the scenes that uh, was rubbing off subconsciously. Who knows? But yeah, so so we have your history there. So you you went from I, I'm imagining a small town in Ohio then now to LA and so so what was that like there as you started to evolve as as this interviewer, writer, journalist? I cannot believe the opportunity I had in retrospect. Now I look because I've got a niece now. And would I want her going over to the other side of the country by herself with no communications, jumping and doing all this stuff? No way. I don't know how my parents let me do it at that age. It didn't seem scary at the time. It's only looking back that I think when you're younger, you're less scared of things. So, but now I look back, I think, wow, I had guts. (laughs) From what I know of you, you have a... um you have a very sort of courageous attitude and, um, you know, no f- less fear of failure, so to speak, where you're, you're like you said, always have an escape plan. So you, you went in knowing the risk, but you're like, I'm probably going to learn a lot of cool stuff out of this. I'm going to gain a ton of experience. Um, or like you said, maybe ignorance is bliss, you know, when we're young. And yeah, I think it's both. That's yeah. <laughs> and so all the things that I've done, I think, what's the worst that can happen? Am I willing to accept that? There's the things that I've not been willing to accept, so I haven't done it. So when I was a tour guide, I was a tour guide in Europe for a year for a company called Busabout, and that was something like 43 cities in in a, however many months. So that was awesome. Um, moved to London, same thing. Went, I went to the National Radio School in Australia. They take 10 people. Did I think I was going to get in? No. But I thought, okay, well, I'll apply. What's the worst that can happen? I don't get it. What's the best that can happen? I get it. Got in on the first try. Amazing. So if you go to what's the worst that can happen, and same with starting my business. I didn't know what would happen, but I'm like, what's the worst that can happen? It doesn't work. I make no money. It fails. Everyone laughs at me. Am I willing to deal with that? Yep, sure I am. Jump in. Right. So so your your experience is extensive when it comes to, like I said, with media and being a podcast, a radio host and producer and just being in that world. Um, so it, your skill set and your superpower naturally lends itself to what you're doing now. Um, but are there any specific things that happened in your life and throughout that time that you thought, you know what, someday I'm going to have my own podcasting company? Like, did you ever think that you were going to do what you're doing? 
No, because it wasn't invented. And I think that's the biggest lesson that I've taken away from everything is, and I tell my niece and nephew all the time, that there might be something that you end up doing that isn't even invented yet. How amazing is that? And I think it's having exposure to things. So I always show them co-working spaces, entrepreneurship for this is possible. So imagine what else is possible for you. So I think that's the biggest takeaway. Um, I knew, I always knew I wanted to be in media and I did, I, my, my dream was to be a breakfast radio co-host. That didn't happen. I absolutely failed at that. And I moved to Los Angeles to be in in radio, failed at that, didn't get a job, but I got into podcasting and everyone at radio was like, oh, podcasting, like that's the worst thing ever. Ha ha ha. Look at her. And I got into podcasting in 2007 and then the, everyone years later is coming to me, knocking on my door with podcasting. But you, like two years ago, you were laughing at me saying that I was a big loser. So things just turn around and it's having a belief in yourself, and going to the extent that you're comfortable with. The other thing to note is I don't have children and I don't have a family, so I am able to take these risks, whereas other people aren't, and I completely get that. So what I'm doing isn't for everyone. If you've got kids and they're in school, you can't just live in Los Angeles, New York and Sydney and go and be a tour guide for a year and do all this stuff. You can't, and I, I totally get that. What I love about your story is, like you, you're sort of alluding to, is that your career hasn't necessarily been by design. But what you were able to do was leverage all of that knowledge and all that that wealth of experience in that specific industry and those industries that all sort of interconnect and relate to each other to grab the next big thing, right? Which you and I, as, as we have these podcast companies, understand this, I guess, is the next big thing. It, it's funny because, Kelly, maybe you agree with this. I mean, podcasting, when iTunes launched podcasts, I mean, it was a while ago, right? It wasn't at least a decade ago. More, because I had an iPod. Right. I started in 2007. We're recording this in 2013, and I had a podcast back then. I was at radio, and I pulled the show off the logger after it had been live on air, removed Mm -hmm. the songs, removed the adverts, and that was a podcast. And I certainly was not the first wave by any means. Right. So So when would we say... Without looking on the internet now, I mean, I could do that, I guess. But um, when would you say it was like, you know, the Rogans or the... the, uh, the, the oh, I don't know. I don't know. The yeah. I just know when I jumped in. Yeah. So, so it, it's it been a, a long ago. time. It's been a long time. For everyone to start adopting and taking it seriously now, it took a long time. But do you find that you're ahead of it? Because I'm already moving on to the next thing because I've been in this yes. for 13 years. So I'm already like, everyone's jumping into podcasting. I'm like, yawn. Um, <laughs> I Which need a bit great. more of a challenge. Yeah, 100%. Not yawn, but I'm like, I need something, the next level, something more. 100%. And that's why um, you and I are talking and we have more to talk about beyond the show. Because yes, um, next level, coming up with things way, way, way beyond a, a podcast or show. You know, and, and it's funny because I always... When we got into it a, f- a few years ago, which is still, you know, nothing compared to how long you've been, you've been in the industry, but still a lot more than everyone is jumping on now. I always highlight to folks that let's stop calling this a podcast. It's a show because it's going to evolve and grow into something bigger than you can imagine if you put the time, energy, and effort into it because it's a brand you're building. You're building a brand. You're building a community. You're bringing people to your story, and they're all going to, if you do it right, it's, it's going to flourish. It's not going to be a, just a podcast. So let's call it a show. Do you know what I've learned, Eric, from what you were just saying is back when I started and over the 20 years, there was a huge 
you had to have permission, you had to go through gatekeepers, you had to work just to get in. These days, you open up a laptop, you can start your own show. I just said that I was one of 10 people to get into radio school. You don't have to do that anymore. You just start your own show and that's the difference. You had to be one person on it, like I was one of six radio announcers in the sixth biggest market in Australia, right? Now you can just have your own show and your own audience and your own market globally. So it's removed the barriers of the gatekeeper. You don't need permission from anyone to do your thing and you don't have to be general and go broad. If you want to do a podcast on succulents, you can do that. And that's amazing because everyone now is their own, not own, their own uh, media outlet and they have their own platform and their own audience and they have access to people and they can say whatever they want. And that's the difference. It's funny because podcast is, is one of many, many sort of platforms you can leverage. And, and the ones who are doing multiple, you know, video or audio and leveraging all these different sort of channels, um, it's not easy. But if you're able to do it and it takes time, it's really, really powerful. Um, you see the folks out there that are doing it well, you know, the Gary V's of the world and all these people who have leveraged all these platforms and taken the control, like you said, you know, they're creating their own media outlet. And I think he's the one that coined um, the concept or the phrase to every company, small business or mid middle sized business should understand that they need to be their own media company. Yeah. In this today, in, in the landscape today. And you understand it, I understand it, but there's still a lot of people out there that haven't adopted this mindset yet because it's hard. And you're your own personal brand, whether you like it or not. You're either consciously taking control of it and using it or you're not and it's someone else's designing it for you. So if you replace the word personal brand with reputation, that changes everything. And I think a lot of people come to me saying, hey, I want to be a guest on a podcast. I want to do a podcast tour. Awesome. But that's about step six and you need to go all the way back to step one and make sure you've got your house in order with personal brand. Otherwise, it's not going to work. You're going to put time into it and it's going to be less than successful. So your personal brand, people think, oh, it's a logo, it's colors, it's a website. No, it's everything that you say, everything that you do. It's from the inside out. You've got one whether you like it or not, and you have it until the day that you're dying. It will likely outlive you. Yeah, That's the difference. So I think when you're conscious of that and go from the inside out, that will change your life. And you can cross-check all your decisions, all your media and everything against your personal brand. And when I was talking about making those decisions back in the day of, am I willing to do this? Yes or no. Really, I was cross-checking against my personal values and the extent to which I'm able to jump and if it's a yes or a no, and then I decided to do it. So I think we've been all doing it for a long time and not really knowing what it was. And now it's got a word and a concept attached to it and it will change everything. Because what I've learned is I, I used to be a plus size blogger. I used to weigh 335 pounds, right? Big curvy love. I lost 200 pounds. Wow. I'm now 130. Oh my God. That changed my brand because suddenly every time I posted something, I'd lose my audience. I'd lose a thousand people. I knew that before. Again, I cross-checked, am I willing to do this? Well, yeah, I am. And that's when I realized how important personal brand was because I'd built that brand on big curvy love and then I lost it overnight. So if you think of it as a glass or a receptacle filled with gold coins and you constantly put your gold coins into that, you're investing in it. Well, I just smashed it. And then I had to start again from zero. 
And then I put all my gold coins into the talent squad. And again, one day I realized, you know what? I need to put all these gold coins into Kelly Glover because if I change my mind on the talent squad and want to do something other than podcasting, what have I got? I'm smashing it and I need to start from scratch. But if I put all those gold coins in the personal brand of Kelly Glover, it doesn't matter what project I do throughout life. And these days, you're not in that company for the forever. You change it. It's project-based instead of career-based. doesn't matter what project I go to. I'm taking that container of gold coins. And I think that is where everything is at the moment. And that really plays into podcasting. Yeah. Ah. Folks, if you heard all of that, please, and you missed out or you were distracted during that time, you need to rewind what Kelly just said there. It's so critical. It's so important. And she put it so succinctly on the importance of your personal brand and it being able to outlive you and or it being able to define who you are because we're all humans, we're all multifaceted. And you mentioned the exact reason why I started a personal brand was because I was doing so many different things. And I'm like, where can I house everything? Where can I explain? Because everyone's like, oh, you're an investor. Wait a minute, you're a creative. Oh, you're a podcaster. Well, how about we just put it all under one umbrella so that everyone can understand. And I don't have to be self-conscious about what I'm talking about because I could just put it all under Kelly Glover, all under one place. Yeah. Yeah. So, So Eric, there's who you think you are, who you say you are, who you actually are, and how people perceive you. That's the key. Now you can only can control what you can control, but you can't control what other people think. You can control what they see to a point and that's the key to it. So when people come and say, I want to get on a podcast, really we need all this stuff in order before, because as you would know, as a producer, the first thing you're going to do is do a whip around. And if they're LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, previous interviews they've been on aren't congruent, then that's a problem. So you need to get your house in order and it's not hard because, and you don't, and I really kind of, I don't really like when people say I'm creating a brand or I'm building a brand because it's not, you are already you. So Mm. really it's unpacking. So it's identifying, unpacking and communicating because you're not building something because you're you. You just got to figure out who that is. And I think, I, I mean, I'm in my forties and one day you're just like, who am I? What am I doing? Where am I going? And what do I want? You know? Yeah. So, and I think with the coronavirus and world changing and all these things, I think we're all just sitting there going, okay, what's going on? What am I doing? Yeah. So powerful. Oh, you're so good. Highlight that also, you know, I want to make sure I'm going to highlight that in the show notes and (laughs) that's, that's quotable, you know, there, you know, there are many facets of you. I love that whole, you know, it's what people think of you, what people say about you, the actual you, and then how they're perceiving you is, is all it, that's what I call self-awareness. You know, those are people who understand and then make moves or decisions or say things aware of the whole. Yeah. It's holistic. Yeah. And I'm not super woo-woo by any means, but it really <laughs> is 360 holistic from the inside out because yeah. people p- create their personal brand and or podcast or their business, all these different things from the outside in. But the thing is, you can make the shiniest, most beautiful personal brand that's amazing, but can you live up to it? Because I know I've met people in person and I'm like... <sighs> You look about 35 years older than your picture and the way that you appear and speak and the language you use is not who you are. Like your brand is different and there's nothing wrong with you. You're amazing, but it's not what I'm seeing and therefore I don't trust you because you're not telling me the truth. So you could be the best at what you do, but I don't believe you because you're full of it. Yeah. You know, you remember Bob Saget? Yes. 
I remember I, I wasn't a big fan of Fuller ha Full House, um, but I was aware of his character there. And then when I found out many years later after that show aired, um, and he he was a stand up comedian with a with very blue content, like very racy, uh, a lot of swearing. I was shocked. I'm like, man, that guy's really he's he's not a Family Guy. And so there, there's sort of I, that's the first thing that popped in my mind as far as mm. congruency and and like there's a disconnect. So like if I know there are a lot of people that I know personally who have personal brands out there or a brand. It's very polished. It's very corporate. But then when you speak to them in person, they're dropping F-bombs. They're saying colorful, you know, very racy things. And I'm like, wow, who is this person? Um, and yeah, although I know them personally, it doesn't affect my trust for them. But it does show that there's there's if there's a disconnect there, others may not be as willing to accept it as quickly um, if they don't know who they are. But yeah, that's a really good point. Um that I love that you highlighted so people can understand who do you want to be? You know, who do you want to project um, when you're, when you're out there talking on podcasts or you're on shows and just be very conscious of it. Um, I think I, it's less, who do you want to be and who are you? Mm, it's authenticity. Authenticity and, and being self-aware. Those are all very hard things to accomplish. It takes work. A lot of, a lot of work. Yeah. I've experienced anyway. So what do you think is, um, Here's a bit of advice I give to folks. And I'd like your feedback. Is um, people want to be on our shows as well, or they want to be part of our podcasting events, and I'm often telling them or asking, "What do you have that you're delivering? What is the value you're adding to people's businesses?" Because if you come to the show with nothing to offer, you're just wanting to tell a story. It's not going to serve you in the best possible way. So, it, it, can you expand on that? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I should take a deep breath because Please. I'm about to go all podcast awesome. booker evangelist. <laughs> love it, love it. And again, again, I just tell you the truth. It might not be. It's a bit like a band aid. So this is going to hurt a little bit if you're not doing the right thing. So it might be a little slap of self awareness, but it's going to make you better. And once you realize it, you can't unsee it. It will change everything. So my background again is an agent, so I rep people. So I want them to get booked, right? But also I'm a producer, so I'm doing the job of booking stuff. So I'm the one making the decisions. So if you want to be a guest on somebody else's show, it's not about you. It's not about your story. It's not about your book. I'm really sorry about that. It's about what value you can bring the audience, what you can teach them and what they will learn by the end of the show that they can put into action steps. Now, here's the thing. When you pitch a podcast, you're not actually pitching the host. There's multiple people in this relationship. You're pitching the audience and the audience and the host is the gatekeeper of that audience. So that host is cross-checking everything they get in their email against, is this what my audience wants? And also, the show is a living thing too. So it's a back catalogue. So you're, it's not only does this fit the audience, is it something you can deliver to them? Is it something that they can learn? Are you an interesting person? All these things. It's I've got 127 episodes. Has this concept and or content already been covered in that? And if so, is this something new? Is it in addition? Is it complementary? Is it a contrarian? Is it a completely opposite point of view, which is also valuable as well? So in order for you to pitch a show, you need to know the host, the audience, the back catalogue, 
and the content. So there's a lot in there that you need to know. And then it is, and by the way, I'm the author of this awesome book. So it's not, hey, I'm awesome. I've got a book. It's, hey, I've got this content. That content fits your audience. By the way, adds onto this back catalog. And I'm the person to teach this. By the way, I've got an awesome book. Love it. Oh, so good. Yeah, that's that's worth rewinding and going back. Um, and and whew, the, I I actually wrote down in my little notes here that uh, the editors need to highlight that because truly people need to pay attention to what you're saying. Um, you're 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 absolutely uh, an expert in this field, and you can offer a ton of um, advice and help people to to best leverage the opportunity because that's what it is, right? You're giving people an opportunity to to share, to teach, to, to, you know, everyone, it's a win-win-win. Win. Literally, there's three pieces, right? There's a win-win-win because you're the guest, then there's the host, and then there's the audience. So then how do you make everyone win in that situation? And, and you've highlighted it so perfectly. You're essentially asking to go to somebody else's party. They're doing the catering. They've, they're providing the venue. They've got the awesome guest list. And you're asking if you can go. So you need to bring it. Like, what are you bringing? What are you bringing to this event? Are you going to be dressed up awesome? Are you going to be the best person at the party that everyone's like, oh, my God, Kelly was amazing. Is she coming to the next one? Wow. You're, you know, you're so lucky to be friends with her. That's amazing. I want to be, you know. So it's that kind of scenario. And if ever in a pitch the answer is so well, what, who cares? You need to start again. Hey, I want to be on your show. So what, who cares? Like, so test it against yourself. Even if you have to email yourself your own pitch and what does it look like when it lands in your inbox? Are you going to open that email? Kelly Glover podcast pitch ain't going to cut it. Sorry. That um, subject line needs to be clickbait that actually delivers because here's the thing. The podcast host may not even open your email. So that subject line is crucial in the pitch. So if you think about a pitch as a series of doors that you need to unlock, the first door is, is the email even getting opened? And then if you start with, Hey, Eric, love your show. Um, I want to be on the show and I've written a book. So what, who cares? And eh. Next. So the first two, you've got to get through the email subject line, then you've got to get through the intro, and then it's got to pique your interest enough that you're going to cross-check and verify that what we spoke about. So that's a door, a door. And then if you do that whip around and that personal brand isn't in shape and the photo is old or doesn't look good or it's incongruent across platforms or if your messaging over here is baseball and your messaging over there is bear cubs and your message over here is I'm a mom, well, again, <laughs> <laughs> that there's something not right about that. And also I want to come on your show and talk about entrepreneurship. So what, who cares? That's not a, that's a topic. It's not a talking point. It needs to be something specific that the audience is going to learn at the end of that episode. And don't just give me one, give me a few because I may have already covered some of that stuff. So give me a few um, clickbait that actually delivers. That's actually something I can do with it instead of just, I want to come and talk about entrepreneurship. Yeah. So what, amazing, who cares? Amazing. Because if you nail this, it'll change your life. You're going to get yeses and you'll be, be a great guest. Hello, this is Josh McCowan, CEO of Viva May Hospitality and the beautiful Renault Resort Winery. I have to tell you, the secret's out. And the secret is On Air Brands. On Air Brands Creative Agency, which specializes in launching podcasts, transforming live events into live streaming events, and social media marketing soup to nuts. 
on-air brands has changed the game. There'll never be a day from here forward when you and I and our companies don't need to be on the air. Every brand needs to be on the air, but so few know that. So it's great to work with a group that are ahead of the curve and to find a company that has been built on the core foundation of the future of marketing. If you're ready to broadcast your brand like they've done for my brands, take the next step and make a change that can transform your business. Reach out to On Air Brands today. That's onairbrands.com. Yes, onairbrands.com. You also mentioned that um, the host is the gatekeeper, right, to the party. Yes. But there's also another level, especially if you're speaking to a host that's higher level, they'll actually have an assistant. So you have to get through oh, yeah. them, mm. right? You have an assistant, I have an assistant, and, and so you have to be able to write something, like you said, in the title or the pitch or the media kit that you have that's going to resonate with someone else before it even gets to the actual person you want it to get to. What would you say... People can do, like, are they writing somewhat generic titles? Or are they doing something? Like, how do, they, how do they get through that? You need to know who you're pitching and you need to know the back catalogue and you need to do your research. This is a research play. People say to me all the time, oh, I can do this myself. Absolutely, you can. And it takes time. And if knowing all this stuff, because you've got to figure out, am I a fit for the show? And is the show a fit for me? That's a two-way vetting process. Because you may want to be on Tim Ferriss, Mark Marin, any of those big guy awesome shows. That's great. You might, they might, yeah, you're, you want to be on that show. But if the last person was Oprah and Gary Vaynerchuk and that's the level of guests they're going after, then you not, might not be there yet. So I think one of the mistakes that people make is going, I just want to go on the big shows or nothing. Well, that's like me saying, I want to marry Brad Pitt or nothing. <laughs> like, well, guess what? I'm never going to get married. That's not going to happen because this, that's cutting your nose off to spite your face. And also, so you need to go up the levels and don't discount the niche curated audiences in favor of those big shows because we spoke before about succulents if you want to reach people that are moms gardening succulents they're not listening to Gary Vaynerchuk they're listening they're looking for a succulent show and I'm got I'm growing succulents at the moment it's the first thing that I'm thinking of it could be anything whatever it is so <laughs> um but yeah so think about the size of the show the niche of the show are you at that level and then who you're pitching because all those people Gary V doesn't book his own guests he's got people that do that so you need to get through those people but you so you need to be aware of who you're speaking to and the systems that they use is it an email pitch like, yeah, I have producers' emails and I know it goes to the email, but often they'll have like a form on the website that you need to fill out. So whatever the format that they have, you need to respect that. Mm. And know the difference between pitching a producer to pitching a virtual assistant to fit pitching an assistant to pitching the person because they're all different pitches. So, okay, so I'm an avatar. I'm someone that's coming in through Talent Squad. I want to hire. I'm thinking about hiring Kelly Glover and her team. What, what what's that look like? What what's sort of that onboarding? What's some of the first steps uh, to come through? So we're a boutique agency, so we have a very specific client that we take on and represent um, because we're sort of, as you can tell, I'm all up in your beeswax. <laughs> <laughs> I know all your talking points. I know exactly what's going on. I know all the shows that you're booked on. I know exactly what's happening. So we just don't do blanket stuff and send it out and generic stuff like that. So for us, I need to know that 
I need to be interested in your stuff and know that I could book you on a show that you know what you're talking about, that you can actually deliver when you get on that show and you're going to take the responsibility seriously and then promote it after you've been on that show. So for me, are you at a level where you're a fascinating guest delivering the goods and have the right mentality of doing the, I hate the word, but edutainment and understand what podcasting is? Because so many people come and say, I want to be on Tim Ferriss and I want to sell X books. And podcasting is a positioning play. It's not actually sales about getting X dollars from X episodes and expecting that immediately after. So it's, do you have the, are we a fit for each other basically? So is this strategy for you? Do you have the content that you can deliver? Are you a good guest? Are you going to do the um, work on the other side of it? And do you understand really what pod- podcasting is and the goal of podcasting that it's a long play? So are we a fit for each other? And then I delve into, I go through all the history of everything because you may not be able to identify your excellent talking points and or story points, but I can. So you'll just say something in passing and I'll hit on it and I'll go back and I'll probe and probe and probe and probe and probe until I can pull out that golden string and then I'll fashion that into clickbait that actually delivers. Wow. I'm curious and I, and I love the process and I love uh, I love how... It's, not, I'm not for everyone, Eric. People no, are sitting there going, oh my God, stay away. Good. I hate you. It's, I do not, I'm not interested in working with you. <laughs> which is great because why you wouldn't probably want to work with them either. So I have a yeah. question though. What happens when you look on paper and you see someone, wow, you're fascinating. I see the value that you're offering and you can help a lot of people. Um, But then you talk to them on the phone or you do a Zoom or whatever it is and you meet them and they're really dry. And you think, man, how am I going to help this person? There's their monotone, whatever it is. You're like, how do I make them super interesting? Because what they're doing is very valuable. It's not making them super interesting because they already are. And that's something I'd like to talk about in everything we've spoken about. You're already an expert in your field. I'm not here to teach you what you know, because I already trust that you know the thing. That is one thing, like I've been questioning and doubting and saying a few things along the way, but you know your stuff. And that's something that you shouldn't doubt. You are an expert in your field. It's the presentation and the way when we're talking about personal brand and all this stuff and podcasting, it's just how you're presenting it. So that's no question. You're an expert in your field. You know your stuff. That's it. Um, With this, there are the, not everyone has it. They don't. There's some things that you can be taught and there's some that's not. And podcasting is not for everybody. That's controversial. I know because everyone says I can speak. I can do this. It's so easy. But if you absolutely hate it, then the host is going to know, the audience is going to know, you're not going to do a good job and you should not be in podcasting and there are plenty of other mediums that you can use that you will absolutely nail because the audience, the host can smell it from a mile off if you don't like what you're doing and you're not going to come across as confident. If it's something you do want to learn, you can practice, but it's leading a horse to water. So have you encountered people like that, where it just wasn't there, it wasn't a fit for them, or this wasn't the best platform and you, you, you hurt their feelings a little bit? No, because I think most people, it's only if someone is making somebody else doing it, that that's a problem. Usually the people that come to me are excited and that they want to do it. Oh, you mean, like, has anyone come to me and thought they were great and weren't great? Yeah. Or they think, yeah, everyone's, like you said, everyone's telling them they need to do it. And then, yeah. yeah, well, everyone, I equate that to just because you can run a 5K doesn't mean you're an Olympiad. 
Mm. Everyone can walk. And, and I got that a lot in radio. Oh, I can talk. I'll be good on radio. Well, it's not the same thing. So, yes, there have been people that have not been great guests, but you can tell that up front. And my job is to not take somebody on that won't be able to do that because I don't want to put them or the host in a – I can't pitch someone who isn't going to deliver because then I'm going to let down the host and it's my job to make sure the host gets a good person and I don't want the person to be embarrassed or be uncomfortable or not deliver or their show not get aired – because they've done a bad job. Yeah. So as an agent, it's your job. Like you don't take on people that aren't going. Like there's practice and you can practice before you start pitching them. Absolutely. And the difference is you can tell if someone's excited when they're speaking to you and you can do little rehearsals. Like, okay, well, if I was to ask you this, how would you answer that? Okay, let's do a quick five minute. I'm hitting record now, blah, blah, blah. Ask the question, answer the question. So, and if that, if they... I ain't got, you just have to say it might not be for you. So, so do you? Is that something Town Squad actually offers, like some type of coaching for being a guest, or that's just something nice that you do for for certain people? That well, we need just it? do it as part of it because there's people that you're not there yet, but you will be. And something that we say is practice in private before you go public. Like on any laptop, I'm on a Mac. There's any number of apps down here that I can click record. I can write a question on a paper. And I can ask and practice it to myself. If you do that for three minutes a day for a week and you feel like you feel sick to your stomach and you hate it and you don't want to do it, podcasting may not be for you. You can get someone in your team to ask you the questions. And yeah, you can get an agency like us to do practice interviews. You can get better and you will get better. But if you really hate it, you're never going to be a good guest. I love that. Because unlike TV and movies and a thing where you have to do it, this isn't something you have to do. Yeah. I encounter, especially being, you know, host or, or facilitating, you know, people on other shows like you do. But um, it's difficult to, because I see it happening over and over. There are certain people that they, it happens a lot. And I know you know this. They go on a show and they don't prepare. They don't listen. I, like, I appreciated that you came on here before we even turned the mics on. You're like, I was listening to your shows. You gave me some feedback. What do you say to the folks that I understand they're busy, they're entrepreneurs, they're doing a thousand things. How can you help people to understand the value to just put some time in, even if you don't listen to the whole show? It's like showing up to a job interview without having researched the company and prepared. First of all, you wouldn't show up to a job interview wearing a pair of shorts, a pair of flip-flops and a t-shirt. So you need to show up with a decent microphone and headset. And that is part of the preparation. I'm not saying you have to spend tons of money. You don't. You can get it for less than $100. I've even done when I'm traveling one with a $30 Amazon headset, which is reason is fine. So make sure you've got that element. Second of all, if you're showing up for a job interview, you would research the company person interviewing you, make sure you know you're across it. The minimum, the absolute minimum you need to do is listen to an episode of that podcast. Because if you don't, and it's hugely scientific and formal, and you show up swearing and Gary V style, that's not going to be right and it's damaging your brand. All these things are damaging and breaking your brand because it shows that you're not respectful, you're unaware, like it's showing all the bad stuff. And it's like showing up to that party we spoke about without like you need to show up with a bottle of wine and or a brisket or something, you know. <laughs> come, prepare, come bearing gifts and the gift is preparation. 
and respect and fitting in with the format and all these things. So and, and that's basic 101. If you're not willing to do that, then this isn't isn't for you and make way because a host has 50. You know what this is about, Eric? I'll tell you. If you're doing a weekly episode, you've only got 52 spots. Those are like gold. And if I'm taking one of those 52 spots, you better believe I better deliver because I, it is an honour that I am a guest on that podcast and I need to show up, give everything that I've got without saying, oh, and you can read about that on page 52 of my book that you can buy for $13.99. No, I'm going to give you all my stuff, the best stuff. I'll give you everything that I've got I'll empty out because I want to give the value to the audience. And you need to know what the audience wants in order to do that. Yeah. Huh. This is all audio gold, folks. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Only I never <laughs> thought of it in that respect. You know, you only have 52 spots, so you better deliver and you better bring it because, wow, that is very powerful. Puts it in perspective because when you go on someone's show, most likely, you know, the majority of the podcasts from, from what I see are weekly and you're right. They're, they're very limited and you have to appreciate and, and be grateful that you're taking up one of those slots. That's really, uh, thanks for highlighting that. You're a chosen that. one. Yeah, like, that's really it. good. I, with me, podcasting is all about flipping it and it's about perspective yeah. and mindset. So you work with, on the other side, let's talk about the other side of the microphone. So do you, you have a stable of podcasts and podcast hosts and relationships that you've built there, correct? Yes. So I know everyone's saying, Oh, what you're using them as examples, but is Tim Ferriss someone that you have access to that you can potentially get someone or, you oh, know, do he's you... forever on hiatus. Whenever I send an email to his assistant, <laughs> Tim's on hiatus at the moment. I don't think I've ever gotten anything back that has said he is not on hiatus. I love Tim He Ferriss. works on a four hour work week. Come on. Yeah. Like it's 20. I'm yeah. So, and it's not, it's access. Again, that's the thing that I think people make the mistake of with agencies where they say, oh, you've got access. You've booked someone on this show before it's again a bit of a so what who cares it just it doesn't mean that you're you're going to get on the show just because I've booked someone else on that show you still have to be awesome and you're also competing against people batch a lot now so mm. you're up against their individual we're talking about media outlets everyone's an individual outlet individual schedule and the back catalogs are getting bigger so a lot of things have been covered and with Tim Ferriss like he wants a name scroll through it's either a personal connection or a celebrity. Right. So yeah. if you've done zero, like I've got texts upon texts from potential clients and people coming saying, oh, can I just get on Mark Maron's show? Or, well, you're not a comedian, first of all. Your book coming <laughs> is coming out on Tuesday. You've never been on a podcast. You don't even have a website with your name or followers yet. It's not likely. Doesn't mean it won't be like, yeah, I know that you've got a book and a movie deal and that's amazing. You are amazing and will be. But today, that is not going to happen. Right, right. So here's the most realistic opportunities for you as opposed to you yeah. getting on Marin. Stretch or... goal. Yeah, you're getting a movie made. Yeah, you're going to have an awesome book. Yeah, but on Tuesday, because your book's coming out on Tuesday, you're not going to get on that show on Tuesday because there's yeah. something called lead time, buddy. <laughs> and calling me on a Saturday to get on a show on Tuesday on the, one of the biggest shows in the world for a book that hasn't oh been goodness. released yet or a movie that's not released yet, it's not going to get there. 
I like that you highlighted that one of the biggest misconceptions is that you have access to all these people and you could book them tomorrow. Well, who are some of the shows? What's the most, because you mentioned Ferris, Marin, who are some of the other shows that people have like these audacious goals Oh, they always to- say Oprah, but Oprah doesn't really have a podcast. Right. That show is a repackaging of a TV show. Mm. So again, people just say no- names that they know and I get, I I, the thing is, I get it. And those are great goals. And if you can get on those shows, that's amazing. And it bloody should be a goal. But it might not be for today. Like I said, there's people that I think, yeah, you could get on those shows, but it's not a today thing. So just put that for a, a few years down the track. So other ones, who Rich Roll is, is a big um, show. We've had clients on Rich Roll. That's possible. Um, but it doesn't mean everyone gets on there. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? What's the other? Dax Shepard's show, Armchair Expert. Mm-hmm. That's a big – we've had clients on that show. Nicole Byer, you know that show Nailed It on um, – Nailed mm-hmm. It. It's on Netflix, no. the cake hack type show. She has a okay. podcast. And then there's specific niche shows like this one called Sex with Emily. That's a big show in the relationships area. We've had clients on that show. Again, that's niche but that's a big show so that's possible – but again, I say it and then I think just because you've had someone on doesn't mean you get someone on. All it means is your email will get opened and you'll get considered. If you've had someone booked on a show, you'll get a look in, but it doesn't mean an automatic yes, as opposed to your email is one of the many that won't get opened. That's what it is. It's a door opener to get considered. Gotcha. I like in what you said there. Is that the number one misconception when people yes. reach out to you? Okay. Yeah. Because the number pay- one for us I'm is- paying you... Therefore, I need to get on the biggest show with the biggest audience and I'm paying you to get on a big show. Yeah. It's all about ROI because we get the same exact thing with podcast creation and production. They're like, how can I monetize this? You know, they have a baby and they want to put a tattoo of like an Amazon logo on it. It's like your show just started. You're talking about monetizing it. You have nothing yet. I think the other big misconception is it's about the amount of listeners. Mm. And if you're talking about monetization and you're talking about a CPM model, I tend to think of a different way for that, especially with podcast guesting, because a CPM might be what, like 25 bucks. But if you have a small audience of say 500 listeners per episode and your product is $1,000 for a course and you get someone to say yes, you're going to get that CPM is much better than $25 from the amount of listeners. So it's about the quality of listeners that are going to buy something with a bigger price tag and be in your ecosystem for a lot longer than a one-off listen. So it's not really about the audience and listening. That's a radio model. That's about the number of ears that happen to be listening. That's not podcasting. There's a place for that and I get it. But if I was monetizing a podcast, I would not be doing it by how many people are listening. 100%. For anyone who's listening and doesn't know CPM as cost per mile, which is a in, it's an industry term, right? Based on dollars yeah, versus cost per thousand. listeners. So and, if yeah. a CPM, for example, the industry standard that everybody uses all the time as an example is $25. So for you to make a hundred bucks, you have to have 4,000 people listening to that show. Or you could have 200 and get one person buy one and, and then it's forever as well. So what, what's your perspective on that, Eric? Yeah, I, I, I agree 100%. I mean, um, people have to consider that 
most likely you're going to get on shows. And if they're averaging 200 to 300, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Kelly, 200, 300, say 250 is the average uh, amount of downloads per show. Um, anything higher is really good. But I agree with you. You have to consider all these equations. And, and it's not direct ROI when it comes to podcasting. The space is so abstract when it comes to the return on your investment or it to me it's all about relationship building and how you have to think of podcasting whether you're a guest or, or you're a podcast host the long term of it like the dividends that will be paid back over the long haul yes absolutely and if you're on a podcast, that's SEO because you're going to be in the show notes. So then you're searchable, not just through your website. People will find you another way. You're in the back catalog now. So people are going to be listening today in two years, in five years. It's not like you're on the Today Show at nine o'clock on a Tuesday for three minutes and blink or you miss it. That's there for a long time. People are going to talk about your episode. There's also chance to repurpose that episode into Instagram, into blog posts, into LinkedIn articles. It then goes in your not feed in in your queue for years to come so people that you haven't even come across yet that are going to find out about you in two years still have access to that it becomes a resource for your teaching if you meet someone you you know what I did a great podcast on that and here's that episode they can listen to it that way and people will be oh I heard Eric on this podcast oh I heard him on that podcast oh I saw him on Facebook there he is on LinkedIn so you might all those 10 touch points it takes to get someone in you oh I'll join his newsletter so it could take two years but the initial entry point was a podcast episode and as we were saying it's building on your personal brand equity and just all those touch points so to think I'm going on a podcast I need a million people to listen to me and I need them to buy my book within 24 hours of that podcast going live I think is the wrong way to think about it yeah I I, I want to point out something that you said there um and folks need to sort of pay attention that when you're on someone else's show, you're now going to be aligned with all the guests that were on that show. So, for example, I say one of my biggest guests on my show was Randy Zuckerberg, who um, yes, love her. basically helped. Right. She's amazing. So Kelly is now, whether she is aware of it or not, aligned with Randy Zuckerberg through SEO, through the Entrepreneur Circle, through the brand, because they were guests on the same show. Just like you said, with the Today Show, you know, like all of that on the back end is going to be connected through the ether, the, the interwebs. Um, another thing I wanted to ask you though is, so would you recommend, and I would recommend this, but would you recommend podcast hosts paying attention to be also being guests? Because a lot of yes. them get very, very right in the mix of, oh, I'm a, I'm a host, I'm a host, I'm a host. And they don't think about the power of now spending the time as a guest. If you're a podcast host, my recommendation is to be on where possible, every guest that's been on your show and use it as a reciprocation tool, if it's suitable and is right, obviously, because you are then, they're leveraging your audience, you're leveraging their audience. You're still got to play by the rules in the flip side of that and be do all the giving, do all the teaching, doing it the other way around. But if you're not guesting on people's shows that have been on your show, that's a wasted opportunity. It's high-end networking. You've already had a warm intro and those are niche established curated and engaged audiences that give you an opportunity to speak one-to-one -to, -one to people, expert status, authority, credibility, reputation, influence, communicating your expertise, amplifying your message, strengthening your personal, like 
it's a huge missed opportunity not to do that. Yeah. I recommend folks that you also um, don't be afraid to ask because a lot of them hesitate. You're like, oh, well, I'm just waiting for them to ask me. Well, they were a guest on your show. All you have to do is ask. You, you already did them a favor. Um, and then also, I was going to say something else about when you're a guest on someone's show, oh, is if you can coordinate the release dates. So when their show is released interviewing you, you can coincide or do back-to-back or do week-to-week so that everyone's getting hit at the same time. What do you think of that idea? I, th- I think it's great, but I think that the point of view on this is that it's not expected. I think if you go in expecting or demanding, that's the wrong attitude to have. And you're not saying that what what whatsoever, but I think if you go in with a suggestion, not an expectation, that that is the best way because you don't want someone to feel like, oh, they're only inviting me because they want to be on my show. And so figuring out a system process that you can do it where you don't feel gross and like a used car salesman or whatever and maybe be seeding the idea where there's no pressure, but that coordinated release date is a brilliant a brilliant idea and cross-pollination of audiences. So, and and maybe even work that into your onboarding system where it's not gross being like, I'm happy to have you on the show. If you're looking for me to be a guest um, and word it much better than I am right now, is that something you're interested in? And then people can tick a box or not tick a box. And you don't have to, if you're a bit nervous about asking them, that's a way to get it in there without asking them and being weird because people are happy to tick a box on a form of 20 questions as opposed to say to your face, no, I don't want you on my show. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. Yeah, I think if you can ask and it feels right, if, if it feels weird or doesn't feel like it's the right timing, then yeah, by all means, um, don't ask. But um, yeah, I, 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 the reason I bring it up is because it happens to me. I, I've had multiple guests where they have a podcast and I didn't ask uh, for whatever reason. Um, and, and, and I would fit their model. I could have easily shared or done something. Sometimes people just aren't thinking about it. Not- and you could always do it after the record, Eric. And that way it's not feeling like it's hinged on that they have to. Because yeah. it's in the bag, it's already going out and you can be like, hey, hey, Kelly, if you need a guest on whatever, if you've got any gaps that I can help fill in content that you need, let me know. I'm also doing a podcast guesting tour, so I'm available. If that's something wow. you want, great. If not, no worries. And I'm like, oh, awesome. okay. Love it. So, Kelly, I knew it. I knew it would happen. I knew the, the, the time would fly. So what's the best way people can reach you so that they can work with you and be a part of your wonderful ecosystem? KellyGlover.com. That's K-E-L-L-Y-G-L-O-V-E-R.com. I hope I haven't scared you too much. But this Not is what you're going to get. So there you go. Yeah, it's good because then now they know. I mean, people need it, especially uh, folks like me, where it's like, I need someone in my corner that's going to tell me like it is so that when things go south or things happen this way or that way, I understand why it happened as opposed to like, what what just happened? How come uh, that person doesn't talk to me anymore? You know, you'll come with the truth and you're not afraid to pull punches, which I think more people need to be like that. So no, I appreciate it. Go all in. You're the expert yeah. in your field. You know what you're doing. You may as well make the most out of it and get squeeze all that juice, get the biggest bang for your buck that you can get. Love it. Love it. You're the best, Kelly. Thank you so much for being on the show. Truly appreciate you. Thank you. 
That's it for now, folks. If you'd like to stay in touch with the show, you can contact me directly at eric at onairbrands.com. That's eric, E-R-I-K, at onairbrands.com. And if you aren't already subscribed to the show, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, or any other podcast platform. And please recommend us to one or two people in your circle. That will go a long, long way to growing our community. Also, if you could rate us on iTunes, just take a moment uh, to give us five stars. And if they have more stars, give all of them. We'd greatly appreciate you for that. And always, always like, subscribe, and share, share, share this show on social media. We'd love you for that as well. And if you have any ideas or want to hear something on a future show, please hit us up. Maybe you have a question for one of my guests or you want to uh, tell a story, a success story. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. You can do that, especially if you're on the Anchor platform. You can leave us a voice message. We'd love to incorporate you and your voice on a future episode. Once again, folks, thanks again for listening to the Entrepreneur Circle. Please like, subscribe, and share, share, share. I am Eric Cabral, and as always, remember, your network is your net worth. So get in the circle. Mm-hmm.